Hello and welcome to Footy Time with Johnny Raff. It's great to be here. And today we have a very special guest, friend of Footy Time. He's been on the show before. He's also one half of the Ale of a Time podcast. And I've got a little inkling that he's just a little excited about how his saints are traveling at the moment. I'm talking about another than Mr. David Ellis. Dave, welcome to Footy Time. Raf, how you doing, mate? Good to be here. Well, we're a month in, round four, massive round, really. Upsets. Can you believe it, really, that we're already four rounds in? It's crazy. It's just going like that. Season's taking shape. We've got a prelim and a grand finalist down in the dumps. and But we've got some good footy played. Yeah, exactly right. Have you been in for a, um, a live game yet? I have. I have. Uh, I have been to the round one opener and I've been to Essendon. Nice. How, how have you found it, um, the live experience? Yeah, interesting. Um, for something that uh, they've really pumped up, uh, where <laughs> you know they want to get people back to the footy, it's uh, not been the easiest experience. What, what do you reckon? <laughs> I'm totally with you. I went to round one and... The same thing happens. I went. To, I tried to go to one of the games um, last season while it was available to attend, and like they just make the ticketing too hard. Like I've got a mate who uh, has got the same level of membership than I do. Yeah. And then I've got one mate who's got a reserved seat membership, and we can't book tickets together. So even the even like the reserved seat member can't book a lower tier seat even though they're not it's it's not reserved seating it's just like it's it's in a general admission area but you can't book them together and i just don't understand that i'm hearing a lot of this and it seems to be an issue with Ticketmaster or whichever one it is and like i'm hearing hearing stories about how barcodes are always coming up invalid and that's the one that the club's providing people and yeah exactly it seems to be a big issue like you you definitely can and I mean, last last year was different because um, there was some physical dividers between the um, the bays because of COVID, so people couldn't go in, in between bays. So yeah. if you met a mate at the ground, if you didn't enter in the same gate and we're in the same bay, you weren't sitting together. So that was kind of a, a yeah. pain in the ass. Yeah. But like, that's that's not in place now. But like, sometimes you just want to be able to book book your ticket so you can like guarantee that you're going to have three seats together and not just be sitting right up the back row. Um, yep. So like if you arrive together and enter together, you can still do what you want, but like it'd be nice to be able to book it. It's definitely a massive issue for the group bookings, that's for sure. Um, the other thing for I'm sure. finding is uh, not that I drink all the time at the games, but uh, it's, yeah, the lines are going out the door. They're just taking 30 to 45 minutes to get, you know, to the front and you know get your one or two beers and yeah well i haven't um well i haven't got the, the figures but they're not anywhere near full capacity no um for like staff there are they they're very short I, I can't remember what i heard the other day but i think at the mcg they were oh probably less than half of what they usually have yeah i think at marvel they were at about half the bars were open at probably like a limited capacity as well so a bit of a nightmare yeah no, it's – you'd hope that it improves soon, but, um, yeah, I guess it's just the new norm for now. <laughs> yeah, that's just the way it is, I guess. Yeah, bit of a shame. Hopefully it improves. Yeah, you'd hope so. Now, 
we'll get to the first point, and it's all about the upsets of the round. Uh, who did you think was the biggest upset of the round, and why? Well, I've, I mean, we talked about it off air just before the show. I haven't watched as many games yep. of the year that I probably normally would have, so I'm really only going based off um, some stats and results, but... I thought that um, West Coast getting up was the one that I thought was the uh, least likely from this this round. Um, did you watch that game? I saw the second half of it, and it was yeah, it was actually a really good game. Uh, looked like Brady Mochek was clunking everything. Uh, Josh Kennedy, he's was, a gun. He's I reckon. I mean, he Mochek kicks goals every single week, and I don't think he gets um, great hands. He gets rated the way. A lot of other goal kickers do. No, he's trusty. He's trusty in front of goal. Um, but yeah, you had that to contend with. Kennedy was yep at his best again. You got. Did the Eagles have any big ins? Well, that's the thing. They had uh, pretty much a half a waffle side in the team. Um, they're still without, uh, I guess, uh, Shuey, Yo, all their key midfielders. So to get this win's quite amazing, really. Yeah, it's big because um, there's been a. Bit of excitement around Collingwood this year as well. So Daz, for them to get that win is um, impressive. Yes, and I guess for Collingwood, they were 37 points up against the Cats in round three and unfortunately failed to win. Now they've lost this one. They've got that new game style. It's very manic and you know, crash and bash. Do, do you reckon a game style like this can be a bit taxing on a, a young team? Yeah, it's also, I reckon, it's one that... Um, it's streaky, so yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, a bit later on. But like, it's a bit. I mean, the Saints did it a couple of years ago when they had their like yeah. little advance into the finals. They played sort of that sort of manic play yeah, on it all um, at, at, at all uh, chances pressure. style. So maybe as a group, they're a bit more um, comfortable with, comfortable with that. But if you're not, and it's not what you're used to with. Um, match pressure, then you can easily be exposed the other way quickly. So, um, yeah, it's probably it's probably streaky. Like, if they keep doing that all year, they might have some pretty bad losses, but they'll probably also play some of the more entertaining games of the year, I reckon. Oh, for sure. Um, do you reckon that it's something that, I guess as well with a young team, do you think it's something that you can build that match fitness to – perform that kind of style uh, like as the season goes on, as, as, as they get more of these minutes into them playing the style, will, the, will we see, I guess, more longevity with it? Yeah, I think so because I think what happens is um, that they're, they're all good when they've got ball in hand. But Definitely. The defensive structures just break down. So you get a little bit of um, discipline and like – literal fitness with it because i mean it's it cannot be um it's got to be a massive physical drain just to be go 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 yeah. with the with the, the pressure of afl so um yeah that sort of like transition between um attack into defense in in like an effective way that just will take time to gel with the group yeah. i reckon and um you also got to know what well, you it takes a while to calibrate those moments. When to slow it down? When to yep. yeah, temp, play tempo footy? I guess so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they what, how they go next. But um, 
Yeah. There'll I mean, be a team to watch all year, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would have complained to Collingwood with two and two so far, so after four rounds. So that's, yeah. For sure. That's a good one. But um, staying with that game, I want to move on to to Jeremy McGovern. I mean. Did you have a different um, upset that you thought was? No, I actually did think this one. I thought, I thought yeah, this right was right. fantastic. Uh, look, there were some great other ones. I mean, Gold Coast was you know, very impressive. Um, no, I don't think Essendon was really an upset, but it was a big win for them. But no, I think this was definitely the one that took the cake. Yeah. So you want to talk McGovern? McGovern, absolutely. I think we haven't really seen him. Like He's been good, but I think he's playing as good as he ever has. What What do you think of the – how important is the intercept defender right now? It's huge. Like, it's almost – it's huge. Like, he's obviously the archetype of that at the moment. Mm. And um, I think that the – cultural shift of that is rather than having a bloke that is natural at being a intercept halfback i think that your key position not necessarily key position but i think each team's uh more switched on defenders are all going to have to start to work on that mm. as um as as a tactic because i mean scores from turnover are just an immense avenue of scoring. Oh, so, yeah. Especially if, I mean, McGovern's just like, he reads the play unlike anyone else and his hands are so good yep. that he's so he's so valuable. He's just a, the, he's a once in a generation player and I'll tell you why. He is. Everyone needs to have a bloke like this in the footy while they're watching and that's like, he doesn't look like an athlete. Like he hasn't got an AFL body, you'd say. You'd Not think your he's carrying athlete. around more kilos than he'd probably want to, ideally. But he's just that elite at reading the play, and he's a good user, and he's a good mark. That like he just holds down that position, probably number one in the competition. So, like he's a guy that you like to like. There's there couldn't be anyone that doesn't like that doesn't like McGovern. No, absolutely not. But um, I've been thinking about this. Is if that position so important? Can you afford to just have an average interceptor on your team, or do clubs need to really prioritise their resources into finding the best player they can for this position? Almost like the way you would when you're looking for a, a marquee key forward, for instance. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you would necessarily put your um, recruiting resource, like recruiting and drafting resource. I don't think any like rec- I don't think any kid is an is an intercepting halfback. At the mm. moment, so you know, I, I don't think you're drafting that position. No, and I don't think you're necessarily going to recruit for that position. I think you're probably more likely to have the players on your list with those attributes work yeah. on that to become that, that 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 sort of player. And maybe like there's a, a, that'll be like end up being a spectrum of. Uh, of how good they can be. But, I mean, each team seems to have one that bobs up where they're just, like, natural at playing that kind of position. And some and some people, I mean, I, I wouldn't call him, like, an – he isn't an, an intercept defender, but there was a long time where I didn't see a spot on the Saints list for Jackson Clare. 
I yeah. I thought that we weren't playing finals if he was in the team because he was like a def- he was a mosquito fleet defensive yeah. forward that put good pressure on, but just wasn't really wasn't really a staple. I think you have to sort of kick a goal and a half a game if you're gonna be that sort of like go like, like go to add the that best. value. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, but then all of a sudden he puts on a few kilos, gets his tank up, and he's like he was always like a um, elite user of the ball. But his ability to read the play now and provide that sort of intercept and rebound off half back, he's probably the, one of the more valuable players on our, on our team now. Was he taken high in a draft or a- no? He wasn't taken particularly high. Um, he. Who did we get? I think he was taken. Think, Maybe a rookie draft. I think we got him and Jack Loney together, and I think we picked Loney higher than Sinclair. Sinclair might have been like a second. Let's have a little look. I've got the laptop open here. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, but I think it's the nature of it's the nature of AFL football. Like, it's going to be few kids that. Um, it's going to be a few kids that play their uh, junior game at AFL level. It just isn't the way it works. Yeah, and especially, I guess, in the case of the intercept defender, it's um, it's development rather than recruitment. Definitely, definitely, because yeah. it's almost it's it's almost as it's it's, it's as much nous as it is any like trainable skill. I reckon. So yeah. you're not you're not wrong, mate. He was drafted with the first pick of the rookie draft. Ah, it was a rookie draft. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there was obviously a bit about him, but he, like when he came into the competition, he just didn't look. He wasn't. He had the whippy speed, but not that like explosive bursts. Um, so he was mm. like a bit of a pain buzzing around the contest at. Um, in the forward line, but he's just like I didn't think. I thought if we were going to play finals football, we, like a bloke like that wasn't going to be wasn't part of our it. selection. Yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. But he's just transformed himself, and like that kind of almost is like a little um, a little subplot of this question about intercept defenders. Yeah. He's a very different kind of intercept defender. He reads the play and can take the mark, but it's not like a contested intercept. Um, like he's not winning a lot of one-on-one contests with it. So, I mean, I'm just talking about Saints now, but we've got sort of like uh, Callum Wilkie, who's probably the other intercept defender on the team, but he's much more of a, if you bomb down, like if you bomb it long, he, he's probably going to be the problem rather than Sinclair. But um yeah, there's a few different little player types yeah. that can be that sort of like intercept slash rebounds defenders that are becoming so important in the game. Yeah, they're not all the same, that's for sure. I mean, I guess someone like McGovern, maybe more so contested marks, whereas yeah. there's uh, ones that probably work yeah, hard. Uh, Jeremy to get to Howe's also marks. really good at that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Definitely Collingwood, one of the yeah. best. Um, but yeah, not all created equal, I guess, um, but definitely worth the The other thing goal. about um, how uh, dominant Jeremy McGovern is, is it it just it makes um, Tom Barras that much more valuable. Yeah, that, that like he's 
he'd probably be the number one intercept player at, mo- at most clubs. Yeah, for sure. Um, he just happens to be on the same team as uh, Jeremy McGovern. So most of the teams are going to be putting their uh, scouting into McGovern and just not putting, not having as much homework done on Barras. So um, yeah, absolutely. They've got a great little one-two punch off the halfback there, I reckon. And I guess maybe Barras can't do it as much because McGovern's always peeling off and you need some guys yeah, to stay accountable. Maybe. Um, but that actually makes this even more impressive. I think, um, Dave, a special defender of this caliber seems to rise above whatever crap is happening around them and still continue to perform at a high level. I think yeah. um, I look totally at someone like great. Jacob Wiedering at the moment. Yep. Uh, Carlton defensive structures were in shambles last year, but he was almost all Australian. Same with Gov. You know, they've been missing Barras and Shepard, but he's been up for the challenge. You know, they're not easy to find, but you, when you've got one, you, you hang on to them, I reckon. Do you think that um, one of the biggest attributes for that position is like intelligence or just cleverness mm. in general? I think it's definitely quick thinking. Um, quick thinking, just composure, reading the game. That seems to be just as much. It seems as like as much mental as it is physical. I reckon. Definitely. Obviously, physical um, elements big if it's like contested marking and stuff like that, but. I think Pendlebury's done it pretty well. Yes. Collingwood as well. Um, Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's sort of like cool head with the ability to read the play. That seems to be like a a little bit of a positional archetype. Someone like a Tom Stewart, I think, at Geelong as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. Very good with the snap decisions and yeah, exactly. Just um, knowing when to leave your man to help your teammate, and also when to just stick tight, stay at home. But um, yeah, absolutely. I think quick thinking's and reaction time. Yeah. Probably the two yeah. most important. It's one of the positions these days that like you definitely want to have a really good player that fills that gap. Especially with the rules the way they are too. They don't favor the defender at all, really. Yeah. Yes. Who's the who's who's the uh intercept defender at the D's? Well, Jake Lever's probably the main one. Um yeah. but Stephen May does it a bit too. And yeah, that's uh true. Man, yeah, it's a good back six. When um when Harry Petty's in, he can sort of read it well. It's um it's all based on zone defense and yeah, yeah, I guess if you've got to be able to do it to an adequate level, I guess if you're in that back six, uh, yeah, it's um definitely paving the way for that, that type of defending, which is a little sad in a way because you do sort of look back at the days when we were growing up and you used to love it when you'd see the one-on-one contests. And, yeah, definitely. Like Savani and Ablett or something or Savani and Lockett. You know, Jakovic Carey, you always used to like those, but um. That's just the modern game at the moment, isn't it? I think you almost just liked seeing the same player, like someone playing on the same player all day, just having yeah. a four-quarter contest. That's almost what you oh, just love to see. Yeah, because it does build. It does build. It builds a personal rivalries, which then flows on to team yeah. rivalries. Which oh, um, like heavyweight bouts. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, definitely, it's great. Um, moving on to the next point. This one's a little bit all over the place. I mean, it's. Some people have this opinion, some people don't. But is it a bit of a folly when people sometimes say that a, a midfielder can't finish their career up forward if they lack speed? I mean, now I'll just preface with this. I actually did write this before the round. So I don't yeah, right. look a bit okay. silly. But I did actually suggest that maybe North should should throw Jack Siebel up forward uh, because he'd been so exposed down back lately. But you know, I'm not going to claim that because it's it's after the fact. But he did go up board and kick five goals on the weekend. Um, yeah. Well, what do you reckon about this? 
I think I think it's a fair I think it's a fair um, move for a star midfielder or a midfielder when they're like very good one on one. Yeah, think. for sure. Like I think that they're probably not going to draw um, the elite defenders. So the people they, that they get um, paired up with, they're probably going to beat well, like one on one hands down. So. Whether or not you, it's viable to have a midfielder finishing their career playing 100% of game time up forward, I'm mm. not sure because they might start to get worked out after that unless they're like a particular particular talent. Someone like um, Patrick Dangerfield's probably well suited to it. Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah Dustin Martin you'd think would be um, pretty – I mean, their forward line so potent anyway. Like Yes. Maybe yes. they, 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 they don't need him there. Um, yeah, I think it's a hard one to say, but I think maybe even rotating between forward and being one of those sort of like general type halfbacks yeah. could be the way to, to go forward for those midfielders if they're um, like not exactly speed demons and yeah. like having other emerging players taking their spot in the middle. Uh, yeah, it might be one of those swing options, but have we seen any midfield like mid- like midfielders sustain the twilight of their career playing forward? Yeah, that's a good point. Probably not many. Uh, maybe Gary Apple Jr. comes to mind a little bit, but yeah, he was still pinch hitting middle, I guess, a bit. Yeah, um, that's not a bad one though. It's you do get. I do see the um, the case people make that they kind of can get a bit lost up there. And may not get too many touches and can't influence as much with their leadership, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a fair comment. But I think in North's also case, like sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, in North's case, I think they they were lacking a, a forward source. I think they want Zerha to be that player, but the goals have dried up a little bit for him lately and Yeah. Yeah. I just think it was a good a good. But not time only to that, punt. like Zerha could probably benefit a lot with a Zebel yeah. in his ear. Most of the game, just like positionally, like directing him and just as an influence, that that would probably be handy, I reckon. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one with North, I guess, because um, they do also lack a bit of experience. I mean, they don't have, I guess, a lot of um, experienced leaders in those areas of the field, and I guess that was probably the main reason why they did move him Zippel down back. Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, there's no doubt they're going to try it again if um, it was so fruitful this time. Yeah, I would imagine so as well. I think the other thing to think about with that one is like outside of key forwards and some pretty um, pretty specifically talented players, like I think each each team has got, we'll call it two key forwards and two like yeah. – uh, Two key smalls, so someone like a Dan Butler yep. is not running through the midfield. But I think a lot of the other half forwards and smaller bodied forwards and defenders are pretty transient through they the midfield anyway. Yeah, they're probably rotating. Yeah, so um, every, like it seems like everyone's a midfielder these days. Yes, so that probably only like plays into that sort of like transient dual position sort of setups. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure. We're going to move on to the MCG yesterday, Dave. This is what you're waiting for. 
while the F1 cars were buzzing around the Albert Park track, there was a shellacking of Hawthorne at the hands of St Kilda. Um, so it you were there, was. weren't you? No, I wasn't actually. I um I couldn't make it unfortunately, but I just um had it on the telly. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, when was the last time the Saints put a four quarter display together? I can't really think of it. It's, it's Very until good question. Twenty nineteen. Very good question. But they are quietly bubbling away, aren't they? They they do have a bit of class in a lot of areas. I mean, you know, they've got one of the best key forward prospects going around and. Something I think is really impressive is the midfield depth. I mean, Steele, Crouch, Sinclair, Ross, Gresham combining for 140 plus disposals. I think they had 137 contested possessions, the Saints. So I know their stats aren't everything, but it's got to be encouraging knowing you've got a midfield that can win that kind of footy. Look, there's a lot to like. And I think what, I mean, even during that build where we pushed for finals a couple of years ago, um, we're probably still in that sort of developmental window, I would say. Yeah. And consistency has been the one thing that we haven't had the whole time. So we've threatened to put uh, a four-quarter performance together like this. And, um, I mean, there were shades of it in the last couple of weeks where we'll have one terrible quarter. Yeah. And it's almost like a... It's a game-defining quarter, whether it's at the start or the end of the game. It, it shuts us out and conceding the first two goals yeah. real quick um, against Richmond and then conceding the first three goals real quick against Hawthorne. It was a little bit like, oh, dear. But then it's almost it's almost more impressive to see yeah. the rally and to get a couple of quick goals back and, like, I think – that's a developmental step with the squad when they can arrest the control back, not not panic that three quick goals might seem like a lot, but it's a lot more football to play. And then all of a sudden, we kick two or three quick and it's back to even. There isn't anything to worry about. It's just, it just feels a bit more like a, um, a maturity development yeah. that's very pleasing to see. Yeah, for sure. And... How good is it to see Gresham on the park at the moment? I mean, and playing the way he is. I mean, Unbelievable. Those nasty injuries. I mean, like, absolutely perfectly encapsulated by that goal that he kicked where Paddy just put it down his throat in the, on the flank and he just curled it around. That's an absolute Jake Gresham goal. So, like, it's good to see that. It's a, it's a yeah, a very obvious display about what he can do yeah. um, if he can get time on the park. There's no doubting his talent. And um, what do you think of Brad Hill? Was that the best game he's played for the Saints? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've I've been a big fan of Hill since he's he's come on. Even when he was maligned for a couple yep. of years, I think he was like under and poorly utilized by our team. Like mm. the amount of times he would provide like unbelievable gut running efforts and then not get rewarded. I don't know. Just because we hadn't, it, it wasn't part of our like DNA yet to look for Hill on the outside or whatever. Yeah, it just was really disheartening because he was putting in so many efforts. Um, and just he's a very good rewards. shotgun runner, isn't he? He always makes that oh, option. Absolutely. Like the like the amount of times he'll be a part of a play, um, coming off the uh, out of the back line, and then he'll receive like a fifty meter kick. At the our forward flank, it's like how the hell did he get there? But he just went yeah. and went and went and went to try and provide an option. So, um, 
I really like him, but I mean, yep. obviously, like he kicked four goals. He probably had four hundred meters gained. You'd, you'd think. Um, yeah, he's class. He's a class player. I think like he's also the kind of player that um, he's a bit of a he's a he's a boat in a rising tide. Like if everyone yeah. around him is better, he's he's always going to be a cut above. So when everyone else is playing real well, he's just some exceptional icing on the cake. He's the icing, yeah. yeah, yeah. He seemed to be playing a lot on the on the halfback flank lately, and well, I guess most a lot of last year. And I don't know if that was. It seems good in theory, but I feel like this kind of wing half forward. I reckon that's the future for for Hill. I mean, yeah, I think we. I mean, we just talked about that sort of like elite user at halfback. Like the Saints haven't had many like exceptional kicks of the ball um, over the last like six years. So mm. um, I think we we didn't we didn't have that structure of like excellent users to slot him into. So I think it made sense to try him off half back, but yeah, especially given that like I think I think that's what we want um, Hunter Clark to do, and he hasn't really had a consistent go um, at playing that position. I mean, him and Caulfield both sort of do that sort of thing. Um, and they haven't really been on the kick. park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, he's a good kick. And so, uh, so is Wilkie. So like, yeah, Wilkie. Um, but I mean, the you, you, you want the run. And I think, yeah, I think that half forward position probably makes the most sense. But it also, if, we're, if, it's, a, if it's a bigger contest or if we're getting touched up a bit, Having Brad Hill on half forward might not be very effective either. So maybe not. Like, yeah, it, like during a thumping win, it's going to be just all good. But um, it'll be tested. Through, well, next week we got it's going to be Gold Coast, so it'll be a test there too, I reckon. So, um, I mean, obviously, it's his best game for the club um, and yeah. great signs, and it's everything you love to see. But uh, I don't know if it's necessarily an automatic. Like just clicking things into gear, no. By playing him in the, in, in the forward line, but it was good to see though. There, there are times when you want some, you know, I guess to build up your play with some run and carry, and I guess you know, yeah, that's exactly. Probably weird, weird um, back. A huge, huge element that we're probably going to see um, what the upshot is next week. Um, having Marshall and Ryder playing together, like, yes, I think I saw a stat that like. We win like sixty six percent of the games when they're together, or even more than that, even or like it's sixty six percent when Ryder is in, and like seventy five percent when they're both in, versus like thirty three percent when neither are playing. So, I think our ruck stocks are a little. I mean, when they're both firing, it looks like we've got really potent rucks, but that rookie Hayes is probably next in line, and I mean he's a mature age rookie, so. He's going to offer a lot um, as, as an option, but we might see this week when it's just Marshall and because I don't, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about that bump, but yeah, I was going to ask, is he in trouble? To, I think the way it's structured, he's in trouble. Yeah. Maybe a week. I don't think I really like, I don't like, because uh, I'm not too sure about the medical report, but the vision it looked like it was like a whip uh, like a whiplash related concussion yeah yeah i'm not sure if it was contact like a, like contact and 
if if the head is sacrosanct and that's what their position is and they're putting if there's a contest and a player gets concussion then it is the fault of the bumper yeah i mean it's hard to see him not miss a week for that but i don't love it though yeah it's i guess it's it's the look isn't it i mean it's yeah it's yeah. it's opting to bump yeah, you leave the ground, you you pay the penalty, I guess. <laughs> or not that he yeah, left the exactly ground, but if you right. lead with the with a I guess, yeah, exactly the hip right. and shoulder. So it's hard to see um, him not missing, but don't know if I love it. Just overall, like I don't, I'm, I'd like the way it's set up. I'm not sure I love rather than the individual decision. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it probably I would say a week, but yeah, it's hard to tell. You'd have to think so. Um, You'd have to think so. I think everything about it is going to be graded pretty low. Um, but he could get away with a fine, perhaps. But maybe I would, I would probably, if yeah, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say it's going to be a week. Um, yeah. But I think that, like, part of what is frustrating about the Saints is I think that sensationally changes the dynamic of the team. So Does I think yeah. we play way differently and um, not as well, to be honest. So no. it's so comfortable having Ryder. Let's just say it's a it's a boundary throw in on the back flank, and if Ryder takes that tap, if he doesn't get the tap and the clearance, and they get a bailout kick, well, Marshall's fifty meters away, ready to gobble up the kick, the the, the, the bailout kick. So it's yeah. that comfortable. Um, but when that guy is going to be taking the contest and then you've got a guy like Hayes who's shown a lot, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but like, yeah he has. Um, it's not very fair to put him as like an established backup ruck when Marshall's not really a full-time ruck. Yeah. I mean, maybe if, if they believe he can share the load 50-50, but even then, it's still a bit well, of a Yeah, ask. but maybe like in three years, maybe those two yeah. are like a, like a real great, combo but not quite it's hard for him to play his third game yeah and expected to be like perform at a high level just given how well the team plays when our one and two rucks are playing yeah for sure and um yeah it's definitely um a bit of a loss if you lose Ryder. he's one of the best i guess pure tap ruckman around yeah 100 100 uh you mentioned max king earlier yes this kid i think (sighs) He's got to have to have like a mind of steel. Like I don't know how anyone, I don't know how any key forward, like exciting key forward deals with it because, I mean, did you watch the game yesterday? I watched a fair bit of it. I reckon about three quarters. Just whenever he goes anywhere near the ball, there's just a surge of excitement. Oh, yeah. And I, don't, I just don't, I mean, it's fun. It's fun, but like it's tough. And I, I was talking with one of our friends during the game and uh, – I was like, there was a there was a hit up from, I think Seb Ross, so there was Gresham was having a chop out at full forward, having a rest at full forward. He was pretty much just lurking around the goal square, and uh, King was about twenty five meters out. This is at a contest on the wing. Yep, and Tim Membry was pushing up right. So, yes. Saints win the contest. Everyone goes. King leads out as he does, 
Yes. And it's like one of those Nick Raywalt things. Like if you're in the midfield and you look up and you see Nick Raywalt leading at you, I mean, you're going to kick it to him. You're loading yours, yeah. Like how not? Um, But at that moment, Tim Membry had half half a step on his defender running into the open 50. King was leading right up at it, which, I mean, I don't hate that. And then there was also Gresham one out in the square and almost like you'd, you'd have to assume without thinking Ross just hit hit up um, King and King, he yeah. took took the mark, kicked the goal. Like there's nothing you could do about that. But I was just like, man, like if if we're going to be this one dimensional. Is it fraught with danger? Teams are going to put work into it. And then if that's not working. We're not going to be well versed at hitting up other targets, and that kind of concerns me, because um, he's not going to clunk every mark every day. No. Like it's not going to work. Um, so I would have preferred, like I, I'd, yeah, in that particular instance, I think the play was to put it out in front of Membry because he would have just it would have been uncontested. You almost could have yep. if Gresham held off his defender, he almost could have just like run straight into an open goal. Yep. Um, yeah. So as exciting as he is. I don't want him to be what everyone kicks to every single time. The be all and end all or just the yeah. the first option. Really, and it also has time. to be like he's such a physical, like no one can get to a higher point than he can. Like, oh, he's a so massive it's ceiling. It's got to be like, it has to be, I mean physically, Raph, like if it's got to be a real attractive option just to put it up there for him yep. to have a jump at because he's not going to, He's not going to be beaten in the air, I don't think. Um, no, no. So you can understand why that bailout kick is like a um, it's attractive option, yeah. but like I just we just you, I think to be a potent forward line, you need to be a potent forward line. You yep. need to just have uh, multi facets. Um, you get you like the the, the the coaches and the defenses are going to be like kept guessing. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep changing it up, mix it up. Um. I guess it is good to see some of these, uh, some of the pressure forwards in there, like Dan Butler's sort of getting back to his 2020 best. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think unfortunately for him, and it was fortunately at the time, but his first year with us, he was such an effective goal kicker that when that wasn't happening, he sort of like, I think he wasn't feeling in the game. And even though his pressure acts were pretty good, like, I think he sort of probably had a, and, and maybe it was an internal role that he was, Hoping to kick X amount of goals for the year or whatever, but yeah. man, when when goals from him are just like extra cherries on top, yeah, his defensive pressure is unreal. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a big part of why they were successful in twenty twenty. Yeah, of course, of course. Just quickly on the Hawks, I think yeah. they're building a really nice backline. Like it's a good, got a lot of dash. I mean. Jayath, Day, Sicily, Impy, they've all got great speed off the mark. But um Absolutely. Yesterday it did seem like the Saints were able to nullify this, make those guys accountable with those uh guys up you know, Gresham, Hill, sort of just almost running them out of position even. I mean, yeah, I think there was a bit of that. Um they got a bit I I'm not they're a pretty young profile list, yeah. aren't they, the Hawks? Yeah, yeah I think definitely. like once things got a bit shambolic, the wheels just kind of fell off. So I think they had a chance in the might have been halfway through the third quarter. If they if they got a couple of goals, it could have been arrested back into like some sort of control, and they would have been like kept in touch. 
but they missed they missed three in a row, and then we went bang bang, and that was pretty much over. Yeah, yeah. No, look, it was definitely a good, uh, uh, yeah, I guess counteracting performance from those guys. And yeah, and yeah. Um, the the youngster Moore that kicked the first two goals of the game, Dylan Moore. Yep, Dylan Moore, big, big he fan. like he 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 faded away almost after that first quarter, but man, like he was a problem in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those true small forwards that uh, loves a goal, gets it, you know, don't loves a goal, gets goes under the opponent's cracks skin, cracks in real hard. Yeah, exactly. Like he's one of those guys that you'd love to have on your team. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, quiet achiever of the day. I didn't even know he was playing, but um. Uh, Omira, like, just got, yeah, just was an accumulator at a very quiet level because I barely noticed him, but I think he had like some pretty effective stats, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, he was almost like, I think they might have a few guys that kind of look a bit like him, <laughs> so yeah. he gets a bit lost on the field, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, I didn't even know he was playing. He's when he's been healthy, he's definitely been consistent, um, yeah, and. Maybe lumped in with the unfairly lumped in with the, the I guess unsuccessful trade uh, history of the Hawks in the last five years. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's certainly not been a failure. He had it twenty times. Uh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. where is he? Twenty times he had nine kicks, eleven handballs. I think he was sort of like in and under a bit. So yeah, um, to yeah, have it twenty times, three. gained. 250 meters or whatever. It's not isn't bad. Yeah. No, look, there's a lot to like about the Hawks at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, and there's one more uh, guy I wanted to mention. Um, so it's Marcus Windhager made his debut. Uh, pick 47 in the last year's draft. Appa- apparently, he was in a car accident the day of the game. Uh, yeah, got I'm there. not sure what the sort of severity of that was, but um, he looked pretty comfortable. Uh, 15 possession. Did, were you impressed with it? I was. I think regardless of what his possessions were like, he just like he looked comfortable. He looked like he belonged there. He's a bit of a bigger bodied kid. Yeah. Um But yeah, he seemed composed. The moments didn't seem to get the I mean, it's probably a good game to play your first game in, but uh he made good decisions with the ball. Uh if I'm am I right? He did he take ten marks during the day? Jeez, that's that's No, it couldn't be. Yeah, I think What's no, he look? didn't. Where is he? And I think he had... No, it's his handball, sorry. Yeah, that- so he had 15 touches. But I thought he, like, attacked the contest well. He had a couple of, like, huge tackles that I was real happy with. So I think that's the kind of thing that you want to see um, with, like, debutants. You just want to see some intense. You just want to... You, you, you want to feel that they um, aren't... That, that, that they're at the level. Yeah, like, the, it's a little bit with the disappointing pace of the game, when, yeah. yeah, like it's a bit disappointing when you get a recruit that's going to play two years in the twos. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. a little bit of a bummer. Even if they like give you good, like productivity over the years, like you kind of want to see those guys play. Yeah. I mean, that's also that gives you a little insight into the psyche of a Saints a Saints fan because that is definitely that's bottom eight mentality <laughs> you want to see your recruits playing that's what teams that don't win think no, i'm very used to that i'm very used to playing um high 
draft picks early on because they're the great white hopes and yeah, yeah exactly right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I thought he was good. Um, the other thing, like I'm surprised with um, Nazaya Wanganee Molira. Yes, he like looks very composed as well. Like he's a. I've got to be totally honest. When we p- picked him up, yeah. and I saw his his highlight. I remember you package, telling me this a bit erratic. I was like, just not erratic, but like. Every single possession in his highlight reel was him like selling candy, yeah, and then like executing. He's he's a elite kick, so that's yeah, very be, good kick, um, isn't he? He was one of the best that, kicks in the draft, I think. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And like, just his sort of like twenty five to thirty meter passes are just yeah. like pinpoint, and he's got the he's got the uh, kicking ability where he can sort of pick an option at 360 degrees yeah. so he doesn't have to get onto a right foot and like only be able to like have a cone of an option he can pretty much hit a target off his off either foot anywhere so get around the that's one of those good like skills that. there but he also like he looks um very comfortable playing afl football so that's yeah, um, interesting that's good to see yeah absolutely yeah and you want to see that kind of silky outside player i guess uh, yeah absolutely yeah yeah now we come to our last point of the day dave and this one's a bit of fun um i know you follow a bit of nba basketball i've often thought about this because the triple double in nba is always kind of seen as the undeniable yeah like the, the the complete game yeah um i was wondering what you would think was and you can say if there's I feel like there might be some for different positions, but what would your version of the triple double be? I'll, I'll go with mine first. I'll just say, I Do always it. thought. Oh, it's a cracking question. It's a great yeah, question. I thought you'd like it. Uh, I always thought, and it was probably more midfield focused, but I always felt that uh, a triple, it was more of a, a quadruple double for a mid, usually a midfielder. It was uh, 10 plus tackles, 10 plus marks, 10 plus clearances, 10 plus contested positions. And a bonus was maybe 40 overall positions. Um, yeah right. But what what are you what are your thoughts on this? I would take away the numbers of triple double, and I would sort of like be thinking about what does that level game look like. And I yeah. reckon it's hard to not think of it in a midfield um, midfield term. You would you'd have to you, there's no way you could you'd have to have one for key positions and one for midfielders. But I think it's fun to talk about the midfield stuff. Yeah. Um, but I reckon it would be like, because what's good about it's hard. The one that's that I'm thinking about is the like assists. It's a, like it's a complete game yeah. in NBA because it's scoring, which obviously is putting points on the board. It's assisting, which is helping your teammates rebounds. score, and then rebound is like defensive effort. Yep. So it's score, help, defend, like the complete game. It covers everything. Yeah, so like I'm just it's real tough to put that in footy terms, but I feel like I reckon three goals is part of it. I reckon if you're a midfielder, yep. sort of thirty touches, three goals, and maybe half a dozen tackles. Ten tackles is a lot of tackles. It is if a you, lot. If yeah. you had thirty, ten tackles and three goals, that is three votes every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, absolutely. Ten's a lot, but maybe that should be. Maybe a six tackles. Um, Six tackles would be on like if you kick three goals with thirty touches and three and six tackles, that's a day out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but I but I I I think 
yeah, I'm not a huge yeah, I'm not a huge fan of like romanticizing huge numbers of possessions. No, neither, neither. It's kind of makes it least like less fun if you sort of do like twenty contested possessions, six tackles, and three goals. But um, yeah, or yeah, I don't know. But it's a great question because <laughs> there's so many different ways you could um, sort of take it to go, but. I had some yeah, very think, quick ones. Yeah, I, do it. That I thought. Um, so I think what I said before is probably best for a midfielder, maybe yep. a, an inside midfielder actually. I was thinking for the outside midfielder, you could change that to say 30 possessions, 20 of them uncontested, and then meters gained had come into that. So maybe yep. around 700 or something because uh, then oh, their ability yeah. to cover territory comes into it. Um, but the key positions was harder. Uh, I thought key defender, I was thinking maybe intercept marks would be one of them. Spoils, yeah. maybe 10 spoils or more. Uh, and maybe effective possessions, uh, just yeah, when you're I sort of sweeping so. up and finding a target. Because if you have 12 possessions, no one's writing home about it. But if you're a defender and you've had 12 possessions at 100% effectiveness, then that's a great game. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't really matter the distance of the kick or whatever. As long as you were hitting the targets, that's that's pretty good. Um, key forward seems easy, but it's, I guess, uh, there's a lot of games where it, I mean, key forward's pretty obvious. I guess it's marks, kicks, goals or whatever. But, you know, I was thinking marks inside 50, uh, goals, maybe four or five and total marks 15, maybe something like that. But, um, you could put score involvements in there. I think score involvements is one that gets a little bit overblown at times, but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it can get overblown, but like, I think someone like Jack Rewalt is good with this. Like, ah, true. In the in recent times, he hasn't kicked as many goals, but like, he's a part of everything. Yeah, he's one of those great like, great clubmen that is happy to give just up his own glory just to work right, being a decoy. Because he's such a great field kick. That, like, he, he is. Can just pick a, he, he can just pick apart a inside fifty and like set up anybody else for um. For a nice easy kick, so um, score involvements. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it depends how effective the data is and how how much you can. I don't even really know what a score involvement is. That like an is that literally an assist? Is I it the same. Feel like it's an assist, or I'm not hundred percent sure. Maybe it's um, if you're up to about maybe two plays before the goal gets kicked, so maybe an assist or an assist of the assist. Maybe I might yeah, be totally exactly. making that up, but uh, that's what I've always thought maybe it was but yeah it seems because they actually cool. do that in the nba they they have a stat called pass to assist which yeah, is that's technically right. like an assist assist <laughs> yeah that's yeah um i was actually having a look at that recently and like in nba it's like if you if um if you've passed the ball and the player takes two dribbles or less that qualifies as the assist it's a funny really? line yeah jeez yeah, interesting. Um, I think the hardest one, and it's the hardest one to to quantify a performance of this position with stats in the first place, but a ruckman. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's never easy to just go off stats, but um I was thinking something like disposals fifteen to twenty, maybe fifteen. Um hit outs to advantage fifteen and maybe clearances. Around the ten mark or something, maybe. Yeah, that's not bad. Or um, 
you could probably put contested marks in there. Yeah, just, I was like, thought about a mark to be instead. 10, yeah. But like, yeah, the hit has to advantage is the obvious one. Um, yeah, cl- yeah, and clearances is also a good one too. And then you'd hope that around the ground, if an elite ruckman is yeah giving you more opportunities by plucking some out of the air down the line. Because the hit out total itself, it's not nothing, but nah, uh, it's quite yeah, often inflated. It's, yeah, it's definitely an inflated stat. Who, who yeah. was it? There used to be. Um, I think it's a bit unfair because he wasn't a pure ruckman, but um, who was that bloke at Essendon that was just like built like a lot, like a log? Um, oh, Bell Chambers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Tom Bell Chambers, like that's it. He had no finesse in his hands. He would win. He would he win would, hit outs when he was oh, in would, the yeah. ruck, but like. Uh, yeah, I don't know if his if his rucking stats were particularly um, indicative of how effective he was at a ruckman being ruckman. Yeah, also Shane Mumford as well. He'd get a, a heap of hitouts, but um, I guess maybe one in every three was effective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So still it's a little a bit good ruckman, though, yeah. Yes, but then you get your Nick Nats and your Paddy Riders that just like oh, put it down people's throats. Beautiful to watch. Yeah, uh, some of you, some of the best players in the league to watch. Really, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's pretty much it for today. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add, Dave? Do you, oh, I guess one final question: uh, Where to for the dogs and port? Are they are they done, or is it? I I always think it's too early to write off a season after round four. But um, is now it, to be, I haven't really seen Port play. Yeah, I've maybe watched a quarter here or there, but I haven't really seen Port play, so I can't really speak from, uh, like seeing like the flavor of their game. But it's tough. Like you'd ha- you'd have to write off finals probably. Yeah, um, it's getting there. The dogs seem like a better team than their record. Yep, I I agree with that. I think uh, inaccuracies killed them. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I've been. I've I've followed inaccurate teams for years, <laughs> and that doesn't just go away. No, it doesn't. Unfortunately, it, doesn't, it just yeah, it doesn't just go away. So yeah, it's four weeks in, you don't really want to write any anyone off, but it's bloody hard to see them salvaging anything. Um, yeah, it's. T- I think they they probably both had better expectations anyway. Yeah, I think it's going to be a long shot for top four. I think that I definitely still think the dogs will play finals, but um, that you know, one week at a time, I guess. But uh, has to yeah. be, yeah. Port, it's I be a tough I, one for Port. Yeah, I really thought last week was a big chance for them to make the statement, knock off the running premiers, and you know you can don't get much momentum out of one game than that. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. that opportunity. But yeah, I think they got Calton this week. See how they go, but still a lot of footy to go. But yeah, but we've seen in the past. I tell you what, Carlton yeah. are a bit of a black box. Like I don't really know what they're going to be dishing up week in week out, which is sort of like that's pretty consistent with where like sort of where they are at the moment. But it is. They could thump Port by a hundred, or it could be a real close one that Port gets up in. Well, that'd be a yeah, very interesting game. We'll see how they respond in that one. But um, yeah, I mean, still a lot of footy, a lot of footy. We've only just started, really. But, yeah, exactly. um, yeah. Uh, very good. Anyway, look, that's that's all we've got time for, I guess. Um, thanks for coming on, Dave. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, mate. Yes. And yes, we're keen to hear what 
you will think, uh, send us your comments to footytime22 at gmail.com. Also, don't forget Dave's podcast, Ale of a Time, your one-stop shop for all the latest happenings in the beer scene and all the great new beers that are out at the moment. Uh, I'll leave some details in the description, uh, but definitely check that out. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us and bye for now.